All right, everybody. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck. It's a 12 questions version today of the podcast, and I'm back home in Charlotte, North Carolina with my wife, Sarah Gluck. Um, we've made it back from our cross-country trip, so no more Albuquerque podcasting. Uh, for now, it's Charlotte podcasting. And today, uh, there's an interview with William Byron, who is from Junior Motorsports, the Hendrick Development driver, famously didn't start racing until he was 14 years old because um, he had no racing background, but um, learned racing through iRacing, the video game, and then was able to translate those skills into real cars. Um, had a phenomenal year in the Truck Series last year and is now third in the Xfinity Series point standings um, going into Charlotte. So yeah, I was looking forward to talking to him and getting his thoughts on the answers to the 12 questions, and I uh, want you to hear for yourself. Okay, I'm here with William Byron, and William, the first question of this year's 12 questions is, um, how much of your success is based on your natural ability, and how much has come from working at it? Um, I'd say it's probably um, 70% natural and 30% uh, working at it. I think just with, I started five years ago racing, so it's kind of come fast, and something that when I started, I just picked it up, um, and then I've been able to work at running the different racetracks and, and learning the different cars. So it's probably 70-30. Okay. So Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, and now Dale Jr. have all retired or announcing their retirement the last couple of years here. What's your pitch for their fans to become fans of yours? Um, I mean, my pitch is probably just uh, the fact that I race for Junior, and I think um, you know running for Junior Motorsports is a good way to uh, support us and, and kind of um, branch out to something that he supports as well. So uh, Dale and I, we get the chance to go cycling and stuff like that. So get a chance to, to bond and hopefully um, maybe bring over some of those fans in the future, and uh, we'll just have to see what happens. But, but yeah, I think Junior Motorsports is a good way to uh, keep supporting. That is a pretty good argument. You're like, hey, you know, Junior fans, maybe look to somebody that actually drives for them, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. What is the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Um, hardest part, uh, probably the, the travel and stuff, just going to different places every week and, um, being away from, you know, kind of a normal life, but it's, uh, that part's all exciting. You get to go to a lot of different racetracks, uh, meet a lot of different people. And, um, it, it's a lot different than what my 19 year old friends are doing in college. And <laughs> I get pictures and, and things that they're going to football games and stuff. And, uh, it's different, but it's what I love to do. So it's uh it's fun okay. so let's say uh, a fan spots you eating dinner you're out in a nice restaurant um, should they come over to you uh, for an autograph or no uh yeah i think so absolutely it's uh that would be a pretty cool experience to to be noticed in in a restaurant um you know i had that just outside of the racetrack at the same weekend of the race but if it was just a normal weekend be neat to have a fan come up and and want an autograph so uh yeah for sure so what's a story in NASCAR that you don't think gets enough coverage? A story in NASCAR? Um, you know, probably just how much the teams work on the cars. Um, you know, it sounds, I guess, repetitive, but it's there's so much work that goes into the sport, and I think that that's sometimes, sometimes lost in the fray of, of what we do. And, um, you know, there's so much practice and 
uh, effort that goes into each weekend. Uh, so it's just very competitive. I think it's highly competitive, and that's a credit to what the teams are doing, what the drivers are doing, um, and all the engineering that's going on to make that happen. Who is the last driver you texted? Um, probably Dale. He, we were going riding uh, last week, um, Wednesday, and he was uh, the peer pressure set in of going to, to ride with him. I di didn't really want to at first, but, but yeah, we just probably Dale and um, all our kind of group chat that we have and just talking about fitness stuff, and that's been the, been the hot topic lately. So uh, just been doing that during the week. What's your cycling experience? Have you just got into it recently along with all these other people kind of at the same time? Yeah, I actually just got a bike. Um, you know, I'm, I wasn't so sure about all the spandex and everything, but <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it's fun. It's actually pretty fast. So as race car drivers, you know, we love that. So going downhill is fun when we're all in a pack drafting. And, um, you know, the thing that's ironic or weird about cycling is when you lose the draft, I mean, you're like you're done it's like being at talladega so um you know you got to make sure you stay tucked in in the draft and stuff like that but yeah it's probably just i've been doing it for the last month or so cool. uh what is your middle finger policy on the racetrack i've never used used the middle finger i um actually when i was a kid or not a kid but five years ago racing legend cars my first race or second race I um, was just racing hard, had no idea what I was doing, and, like, you know, got into somebody, whatever happened, and I got the bird, <laughs> I got the middle finger, so I was kind of like, man, this is kind of a harsh way to start, but, uh, so I guess that's kind of been something I just never chose to use after that, it kind of, you know, rubbed me the wrong way, and it was kind of uh, a tough thing to learn, you know, right out of the box that somebody would do that, so I just kind of never use it. Do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? Yeah, I think definitely so. Um, when I watched as a kid, um, you know, what was entertaining for me watching NASCAR was maybe not the same as what I think now as a driver. What's, uh, you know, when the cars are hard to drive and things aren't going well, that's frustrating as a driver, but it's entertaining as a fan. So uh, you got to balance that. I think you got to um, really express your feelings about the race and not just, you know, hold back and and um and really um always do what you think's best for you and your team sometimes you got to make it exciting a little bit and um that's what makes it fun to watch um so some drivers keep a payback list for bad things that happen on the track you know you need to get revenge on somebody do you also have a list for you know if somebody does you a favor or cuts you a break that kind of thing yeah i think you kind of build up um you just when you're in the race car you you remember the number on the car you remember the way the car looks the way the person drives um you don't always remember their name ironically you just kind of remember hey this person raced me this way last week or or um you know this person keeps running me over every week or whatever stuff like that so you just kind of take a mental note of that and either apply it or just you know keep it for um keepsake and just make sure you have that in the back of your pocket if you need to use it but i think um yeah when somebody races you really clean um you you tend to you know kind of develop a friendship or just develop the respect in the garage and talk to them before the race stuff like that so people like daniel hemrick or or elliot sadler people i race against that race me really clean i just keep keep racing them clean and uh ask them for advice too that's interesting though so it's in some cases it could be like oh you know that red uh 
number 90 car or whatever is, you know, they got in my way again. Like, oh, my gosh, and you don't even know necessarily who it is exactly. Yeah, I mean, I know who it is, but um, the car and the number kind of take a personality of its own. Okay. And uh, I think, you know, I kind of think of that differently than when I see the guy in the garage um, kind of think of them as the race car driver because I think we all change when we're in the helmet. I mean, I, we definitely do because there's, you know, it's never the same as you expect that person to be. So uh, that's probably the biggest difference. Okay. Who's the most famous person you've had dinner with? Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'd say in racing, just, um, probably Mr. H and, um, that's <laughs> probably for me growing up, that was the most famous person I could picture and, um, Mr. H and really just, um, you know, Jimmy or something like that would be the most famous person. That has to be a fun dinner. Like, yeah. you know, I'm sure you... Uh, even though you're you've made it to this point i'm sure you sort of still pinch yourselves at sometimes be like wow this is this is pretty cool you know yeah yeah i know it's kind of uh just going to some of the um luncheons and dinners that we have functions probably to the nascar hall of fame um deal he had in january was really cool so um yeah probably just those things were were really neat what is something about yourself that you would like to change Mm, i'm probably uh sometimes I don't always say what's on my mind. So I think sometimes I kind of hold it inside. So I probably just would, um, I think that's sometimes a good quality to have, but sometimes you, to get things done, you have to give what's kind of on your mind. So, uh, that'd be the one thing I would change if I could. So the last interview I did was actually with Daniel Hemrick. He wanted me to ask a driver who started out with financial backing, how you and, and made it how you overcame like that stigma or the talk of like, Oh, you know, it's a money guy or whatever. And how did you overcome, um, your initial financial backing to be viewed as like a pure driver? Um, I think that, you know, I had the sponsors, so I had Liberty was, um, was with me early on. So I kind of, you, that was my way of, um, connecting myself with somebody kind of showing that I had a sponsor, but that sponsor wasn't really interested in what I was doing on the racetrack. So it was more off the racetrack. And I think that that did affect me because, you know, people were like, Oh, what is Liberty doing on his car every week? You know, his dad must know him, you know, or something like that. So that always bothered me a little bit because it was real. It was a real sponsor and they were, were helping me. So, um, I overcame it just with the on track performance, just kind of knowing how I started, how much I wanted to race as a kid just like every kid wanted to. Um, and the fact that I did get that chance was kind of rare. Um, so I just took that opportunity and ran with it and tried to, to win races and show that um, I could do things, I guess, that other people couldn't. Um, and that's, that's I guess, how I got to this point. And, and now I've um, kind of overcome that and been able to just be with, um, you know, JRM and, and Hendrick and everybody um, to, to support me now. Um, I don't know who the next interview is going to be with, but do you have a general question that I could ask the next driver? Uh, general question. Um, what's their, what, what sport do they watch outside of, outside of racing and what things do they think, um, apply to, to what our sport does? What things do our, does our sport need to, to take from other sports and apply? That's a good question. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, man. Thank you. So there you have it, everybody. 12 questions with William Byron. Appreciate him taking the time to do that. He's obviously a star on the rise and will be around for many years to come.
Tomorrow's podcast is a social spotlight interview with Matt DiBenedetto, a.k.a. DiBurrito, who is running a Reddit car at the All-Star Race this weekend. He is hoping that that will help him get the fan vote from the Open into the All-Star Race. And uh, he almost did it last year. He's got a pretty good chance to do it this year, especially if some other people race their way in who are bigger names ahead of him, you know, like a Chase Elliott, people like that. So, um, yeah, uh, we talked to him about his Snapchat account, um, his Reddit presence, and all sorts of things. So that's tomorrow. And then, of course, a post-race podcast after the All-Star Race Saturday night. We'll see how the new format works with the tires and all that stuff. So until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.